0: Now we're getting to the bottom of everything.
1: It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call.
2: Answering the call.
0: This world is no place for Catholic chickens.
2: Answering the call.
0: You call that a failure?
3: I call it a great success.
1: Here's Father Joseph and Doug Kent, And welcome once again to Mother Angelica Answering the Call, the program that guarantees you'll never get a busy signal because Mother already picked up the phone for all these calls that came into her live show from her viewers and prayer partners over the years. I'm Doug Keck. Joining me as always with our network chaplain and Mother Angelica's confidant, Father Joseph Mary <laughs> Wolf. And uh, you've kept those confidences for all these years <laughs> That's too. That's right. <laughs> and you'll take them to your grave. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes, amen, amen. You know, I was recently asked to write an article for The Register, something about Mother Angelica, and her spirituality, and I chose Mother Angelica and the Eucharistic Revival Mm -hmm. because we're in this time of the Revival. But, you know, Mother really began that through the the mission that she had. You think about the uh, Shrine of the Blessed Sacrament, you think about her devotion to the Blessed Sacrament, and all of the different things that she did that encouraged us to go to the Tabernacle, to go to the Eucharist, and their gaze was fixed there and that's where she drew, drew our attention, Right, was to our Eucharistic Lord.
1: Absolutely, that's a great point. I hadn't really thought directly about that, especially at the time period she was doing it. That was not what the emphasis was. Mm-hmm. The emphasis had moved very much off of the Eucharistic presence into the kind of the people of god right. into the assembly mm. moving out into you know that a much more horizontal right. thing and so really she was really countercultural mm. in, in that period in the church of keeping that that centrality of the eucharist and our lord's presence there
4: because that always has to be the heart of our faith the reality of his presence and i often say that's why the church has lasted 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. Mother understood that intuitively, but also experientially, and uh, that was right. and her beloved spouse.
1: Right, absolutely, and she was a great defender. Topics for today, helpful hints to overcoming fear, thought God didn't care. Our Lady brought me back to the church, probably one of many. And finally, up first, the church is a person, not an emotion. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> so the church is a juridical person by canon law but i think what mother's speaking about here more is she's the bride she's the bride of christ so we're not joining a church because yeah we get great feelings here and there's music is just really moving and and all of that that we're seeking salvation salvation in jesus christ encountering the lord the risen lord and i'm not saying that people don't experience these in other faiths, but that Mother's drawing us back to the heart.
1: Absolutely, and I think also she's drawing on her experiences, and this has to do with some of the people who were in the charismatic renewal, Mm -hmm. who kind of started chasing after signs and wonders, and it brought them out of the church. And like she says here, uh, the important thing is uh, feelings come and go. The important thing is growing in holiness. Mother Angelica, the church, is a person, not an emotion.
0: We have a call. Hello? Hello. Where are you from?
1: Oh,
5: I'm from Louis
0: Oh, what is your question?
5: Oh, well, Mother, I've been away from the church for 20 years.
2: Mm.
5: I was involved in the charismatic movement in the early 70s. And we always felt, me and my friends, we always felt uncomfortable when we went to church. And, um,. We had experienced the gifts of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and we were full of joy. But yet when we went to the to church, it was, in other words, we felt like stepchildren.
0: Hmm. Why, that, why do you feel like stepchildren?
5: Well, uh, the church in this area was not exactly supportive of the Catholics in the charismatic movement.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: And... Um, as time went on, my friends just drifted away and got involved in Pentecostal fundamental churches in this area, but I haven't been to any church at all. Um, I just call myself a seeker. I, I've always felt like a rejection get,
0: the, get, get, the church. Will, will, you, will you hold on the line so I can talk with you? Yes. Okay, can you hear me? Yes. Okay you see when you enter the charismatic movement we're, we're talking about charisms huh? and charisms are really for other people and they benefit the person who has them if I have a gift to healing I don't heal myself do I huh if I have the gift of prophecy I don't prophesy to myself so all those are charismatic gifts I think when we have the spirit and there's no reason for me to think you didn't at that time. Then the Spirit should bring you closer to the church. Why? Not because the church itself is is in prophecy or or tongues or healing or right. There are all these things in in the church, the general church everywhere, in this country, in the whole world. What you go for though is to increase the the the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit as given in Isaiah chapter 11. The gifts of the Spirit, and the Eucharist does that. You see? Without the Eucharist, you can't increase your charismatic gifts. And, And you prove that because, see, she drifted away to a Pentecostal church and you're kind of seeking it, see? But the Eucharist has to feed those gifts. Otherwise, they drift away. The Eucharist has to feed your soul and the essence of the gifts is to make you holy. But Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't have life in you. Life is grace and grace is gift. So you see, are you listening? Yes. Okay, uh, now it, it, you, you see why you have to come back, sweetheart, because every time you re- receive the Eucharist, all these wonderful things of the Spirit, mm. the fear of the Lord, piety, wisdom to, to, uh, to, to love Jesus, and understanding, to, to understand the scriptures, and, and knowledge to, to know him better, and, and, and not to be pulled in by the world and the gift of counsel, which is the gift of healing, the gift of discerning. and you can't increase in those things unless you receive the Eucharist. Okay? Now if you're talking about all the feelings, well, feelings come and go. So you can't judge that. The church is this, is this church of salvation and the Eucharist increases your faith. See, the charismatic gifts should never decrease your faith, should never decrease your faith. Whether that church or this church understands the gifts, that's not important. The important thing, are you growing in holiness? And you're still seeking. And you don't, you're going to keep seeking until you find the Eucharist again. And that's where I increase in faith, hope, and love. And you have to re- realize, honey, that sometimes the gifts don't always help salvation. See, a lot of, The Lord says in the scriptures, and will they not say to me at the last day, did we not heal in your name? Did we not prophesy in your name? And I will say to them, I never knew you. Ooh. See, so you can't put all your faith in the gifts. If you have the gifts, wonderful, wonderful. Feed them. Make them grow in a spiritual manner. Ask the Lord tonight to give you the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Fear the Lord that I may never offend the Father because he loves me. Piety that I may love you as God loves me. Fortitude that I have got to hang in there that I may discern between the Holy Spirit, the human spirit, and the enemy, and knowledge that I may be detached from the things of this world, and understanding that I will know what I'm reading, and then wisdom that I know He loves me. Get all that every time you receive the yoke. Will you come home? Are you there? She's gone? Please come home. Because when you come home, everything you thought you lost will be there waiting for you. And that's true of everyone who may have left because they didn't get enough emotion from from the church. But the church is a person, not an emotion.
1: And moving ahead, our second topic, Our Lady brought me back to the church. Now, you must hear this all the time, right?
4: Our Lady is so often involved in vocations of the priesthood, religious life, return to the church. And she really is a sweet mother to us. And what a beautiful story here we're going to hear in this uh, this segment. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't help but think, you know, the prodigal son, that the father's looking for the son's return, and that's why he spots him when he's coming. The father runs to him, Jesus says in the parable, and I always think that he's always on the lookout for the return of that soul, and he's doing. What he can to draw that soul soul back to himself.
1: But it's interesting too with that because in the world we live in today, uh, with the focus which is appropriate on mercy and things like that, sometimes people think that the father went to the other land, got the son, mm-hmm. and physically brought him back. No, mm-hmm. the son had to make that free will choice right. for the father to say, even mm-hmm. at whatever, I'm I'm sorry, I you know I'll take anything. And turns to the father, and mm-hmm. once you turn to the father, then the father runs I, to you. yes, right.
4: That's an excellent point, really is, but that he's always looking <laughs> and he's always waiting, and he's wanting our return, and everything is done to enable us to return, so every any hindrance you know that he can remove. Stand in the way or send right. people as his messengers in one way or another to draw us back. He wants to do that.
1: Right. And as, as we know as Catholics, because there's a lot of confusion sometimes with our Protestant brothers and sisters, that Our Lady's always pointing to her son.
4: Yes. There's never a time she isn't. And do whatever he tells you. And I am the handmaid of the Lord. What's Our Lady's title for herself? Mm-hmm. I am the handmaid. and <laughs> So that's her title.
1: So let's see what Mother has to say to this person who said, Our Lady brought me back to the church.
4: We have another
0: call. Hello? Hello, Mother Angelica. Where are you from? I'm calling from
2: Massachusetts.
0: And what is your question?
2: Well, my question, it's more of a statement. I am a product, uh, was a product of um, Catholic schools for many, many years. Yeah. And my reasoning, we, I didn't have one. We were just plain lazy get up on a Sunday morning, we preferred to sleep. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was 35 years that I remained away from the church, married, had children, all grown now. And then one day I happened to be in the hospital with my father who was dying. The priest came in to visit, the priest, we chatted, priest said something to me, and I don't know, Mother, something happened. I do believe the Virgin Mary, I had always saved my rosary, I always had, even though I didn't go to church, but I believe she gave me a swift kick or something. And what happened, there was something physical that came over me. I went that night, be, my my father passed away the next day. I went to a general confession. My husband came with me and we are in our third year of our conversion Pretty after sure. 35 years. And during the past four years, uh, uh, the past three and a half years, I have, my mother has passed away, my father has passed away, my husband's father. And I have had a serious accident that has left me
0: disabled. I've turned my life over to Jesus Thank you, and I
2: could not be happier.
0: Praise God. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I, that just makes me so happy because it shows God's grace. You didn't even ask for it, did you? No, you didn't. See, maybe your dad was praying for you, that priest, His presence, His love, His holiness, the power of the priesthood. And Our Lady is such a mother, and see, she brought you back. And even in this accident, you see, you have accepted the will of God with joy. That's so wonderful, and I thank God for you. Thank God for your family, and reach out to others, see. You be a source of grace to other people that, that perhaps have left the church, you said it was just plain laziness. Well, there's a lot of that going on, too. Because we we just, I don't know, we just like to sleep in. So pray now that you've had this accident and, and you're not feeling too well. Offer some of that for people that are in the same boat as you were and ask them, come home. It's so wonderful.
1: There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Keck on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us for part two of Mother Angelica answering the call. Doug Keck continuing on with our chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolfe. Next up, a caller talking about the idea that they thought God didn't care. Not unusual.
4: Yeah, and that's often a reason why people stop praying or they just give up on God because something bad has happened. They've experienced something. Maybe they prayed and they thought, well, nothing really improved. And I was thinking of that film that we aired some time ago, um, St. Margaret of Costello. Right, yeah. And just her story, she's rejected by her parents because she's deformed, she's blind, she's left to kind of just fend for herself. And she became a saint, you know, through all of that. So it wasn't like she focused on that rejection or the bad things she experienced, but rather on loving and serving.
1: Right. I remember I saw the older film we had years ago, and then mm-hmm. we made a new program on her in the last couple of years mm-hmm. with the same wonderful team that just did uh, Faith of uh, did the uh, uh, Mother Cabrini film mm-hmm. uh, and uh, some of the other uh, product as well. But that's really high quality, and working on some other. But yeah, that's a powerful, powerful story. That's, mm-hmm. an, again, one of those ones where you really get an insight as opposed to the way the world sees what's important as strength and strong. Mm-hmm. You see it in this weakness, you know?
4: And how God loves to use that. Right. <laughs> he right. loves to use these little, weak, humble, people like, you know, Andre Bessette, who didn't have the health really for religious life, and he's the doorkeeper, or Solanus Casey, who didn't seem to have the intelligence to be a priest to hear confessions, so he's a simplex priest. And God loves to use these simple little ones.
1: Right, the cure of ours, cure of ours, who also was one who only got in because they killed Mm -hmm. all the real (laughs) priests, you know, uh, during the French Revolution. So let's Mm -hmm. see what Mother has to say when we think God didn't care.
0: We have another call. Hello? Hello? Where are you from?
3: I'm from Massachusetts.
0: And what is your question?
3: Um, It's not a question you asked, why people leave the church. Yeah. And um, when I was very young, I was abused severely, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And I used to pray, and I thought, No one cared. No one cared in the world. I didn't have anyone to go to. I went to God, and it didn't get much better, and I sort of blamed it on him because I was always taught he could, God God is God, he can do anything, and I I, I thought he didn't care, and um, I thought he didn't love me. I thought he didn't care about me. He was out of my life. Yeah. And I blamed him for allowing me to be abused. And uh, then I started saying the rosary about 13 years ago. And little by little, I became more curious about God. And I watched your program, and the thing you taught me, I'm still in the midst of coming back to church. I don't go to church on Sunday or Saturday, but I go a couple of times during the week to mass. And the thing that you say that a lot of people don't know because they don't feel it, and they been, I was taught about God punishing, and that's all I thought he did. And the thing I never knew was he loved me, and um, he cared. And when I look back now, I've had six psychotic breakdowns, and when I look back now, he was always there, and it, something good has come out of it. Maybe I'm a better mother to my child.
0: Yeah. I, I I think you're right. <clears throat> we wonder why we say, "Why did God help me?" But he did. You know. Every injustice, every cruelty, every tragedy, every terrible thing that we go through, just like He went through. He's there to help. I, I know it's so bad today. They abused children, abused sometimes by priests, by religious verbal abuse, um, anger, violence. It's all no good. But you see, he also was a victim of these same things. All kinds of terrible things were heaped upon Jesus. And and I, I already know that we have to hang in there. We have to say, Jesus, help me. Help me get out of this situation. But the beautiful thing about your story is that you realize that you're a better mother because of it. See? And, And a lot of people don't know how much they're loved by God. That's going to be one of the big surprises in heaven. When I die and I, I, I see Him face to face, that all love, all wonder, all compassion, all mercy, all, I will be awestruck by the wonder of it all. And some of us for the first time, but that's a pity, isn't it? If you understand His love for you, we can go through a lot of things. We can ask Him to deliver us from this bondage. Ask Him to give you that forgiveness in your heart. But I think you already have that. I thank God for you. That through it all, you have come back to Jesus and your home. I thank God for you.
1: And closing out this week's program, Helpful Hints to Overcoming Fear. This should be a mini-book, I would think, Uh uh, because I think so many people uh, would love to know.
4: Yes, and what will alleviate our fears is being with someone who is strong, who cares about us, who loves us. And all of that is true in our Lord, and that's what Mother is saying here. Go with Jesus. Consider that he's with you. You know, he promised to be with us all days until the end of the world, and he keeps his promises if we call upon him. You know, I heard, uh, I was reading in our our divine office, St. Ambrose was talking about a way that the Lord visited us that I never thought of. He said, when you're undergoing temptations, the Lord's knocking. Open the door, open the door to me, and I'll help you in this moment, this temptation or whatever difficulty we could say, this fear, the Lord's Knocking on the door, saying, open the door to me.
1: Right, but it, it, it does rely on us to to, mm-hmm. to, to, to make that move. Right. Be, because our Lord is never going to force us to do anything that's against our will. But I do think it's a great idea, like you say. I mean, going back to the old footprints. Mm-hmm. We always remember right. that. Where, they, where were you when you know, it's mm-hmm. only one set of prints? Well, that's when I carried you. Right. And we have to remember that, that we really have to rely on the Lord because we know we can't do it. Mm-hmm. on our own. So helpful hints to overcoming fear.
0: We have another call. Hello? Hello? Well, where are you from?
5: I'm from Randolph, Mass.
0: And what is your question?
5: Mother Angelica, I'm so happy for your program, and I love you <laughs> dearly. Thank you. And I can't say that about too many nuns.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you.
5: But I want to ask you, Mother, I've been suffering with a problem since 1978, Mm. with agoraphobia. Now, I was wondering if you can give me some kind of a priest, a helpful hint, or something that I could do about it.
0: Okay. I just
5: can't go outside, I can't, I'm bringing, trying to take care of my children. And I can't do that even.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a mental and emotional problem, and it's a fear, isn't it, huh? It's a great fear. And that's what we're talking here about loneliness. You see, you're afraid to go outside. You're afraid to shop. You're afraid to do any of the things that you need to do as a wife and a mother and for your own sake. And, and the only thing I think that when you have that kind of fear, and I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but when you have your, that kind of fear, it seems to me that you feel very lonely. You're alone outside and you're afraid to be alone. You're afraid of the crowds, you're afraid of the people, you're afraid something will happen to you. And that's where you need to take Jesus with you. That's where you need Jesus and you need to take Him by the hand and say, Jesus, you and I are going shopping today. And go buy yourself a red hat or something. Buy yourself something you've always wanted. Don't buy a Porsche. (laughs) (laughs) But take Jesus by the hand and go to Him first and say, Lord, I have these fears and I I want to get rid of them. I don't want to have them. I want to be a good mother and a good wife, but I have these fears. Come with me. Come with me, Lord. Come with me. And I think, I think you'll be okay because if you pray and ask Our Lady, ask Our Lady to help you, and I have every confidence if you do that, you're going to be healed.
1: For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call, only on EWTN Radio.